Hello, and welcome to the Love Says Podcast. I'm Elizabeth Johnson, and I'm coming to you from the coast of Maine. In my work as a life coach for the last 15 years, as well as in my personal life, I keep coming back to seeing the beauty of what unfolds when we each uniquely find our way back to a place of love. Love can get us through the most painful moments. It can give us the freedom to grow, the courage to change. And love can also lead us to a whole lot of peace, joy, and possibility. So let's see what happens in us, in our life, and in our world when we listen in to what love says. Welcome to the Love Says Podcast. This is Elizabeth, and we are about to embark on a conversation on love that I feel like is just so beautifully timed. Our guest today is a beacon of love, a dynamo of creative energy and expression, and a seer of truth and bigger pictures. She is a writer, an artist, a connector a communications consultant, a photographer, a dancer, a world traveler, and a fantastic hugger. If you've ever met her, you know that for sure. She innately and magically brings people together wherever she goes, and she seeks out the true history of our humanity and this land we're on. She immerses herself in rich cultures and holds space for people's true expressions. And if you are listening to this today and perhaps you're wondering how to connect to courage to make a big change in your life or how to bring authentic love into the workplace, or you just love to learn history that ushers in more freedom for our human family, then this is the conversation for you. You may want to have a notebook nearby, especially if you're planning a trip to New Orleans anytime soon. This person lives so deeply in my heart and is a gift to now have her on this podcast. Our guest today is the one and only Tammy Fairweather. Hi. Hi. (laughs) Beautiful. Thank you. Oh God, I already started to get a little emotional just (laughs) doing your intro. I was like, oh, there's tears coming. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Thank you. I'm so grateful to be here with you and have this conversation. Um, You know us. We're going to go in. We're going to dive deep. uh, We're going to talk about all the things. My first, the light question before we dive into love is, did you have coffee this morning and what kind? Just to give like a little, (laughs) like human, like human moment because we all, we connect on coffee too oh man this, is, this will be a very human moment because I didn't actually do my ritual of my morning iced coffee I cheated because yesterday I got some iced coffee and I put it in one of my thermoses Ooh, I got it yes. at a coffee shop and I put it in a thermos and it kept it cold so I actually had leftover <laughs> from yesterday yeah. morning but it was it was New Orleans coffee with chicory iced yeah. Always iced. Yeah. Always iced. Even if you're in a winter cold climate, iced? Yeah, well, I do maybe twice or 
two to five times a year I have hot coffee by choice. Uh, <laughs> otherwise, it, it will be a um, forced upon me. But I, I have a lot of hacks. I, I have some great iced coffee hacks. <laughs> you do. <laughs> you I figured do. out different circumstances. <laughs> yeah. You do. You shared some of those with me before. I'm like, if this was a coffee podcast, we'd have a whole other, <laughs> whole other place to go. Yeah. Um, okay. And only okay. one a day. I really only need one coffee a day. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm going for too. I'm trying. I'm trying. Okay. So now the, and again, if you're listening to this and you want to grab your coffee, your tea, your beverage. Um, okay, Tammy, let's like, let's dive right in. And I am, yeah, I'm curious for you from you when you feel love most authentically and how it feels to you. Mm. Well, I mean, th- there's the bigger, there's the bigger sweeping, most obvious love that we feel in the big moments. But to me, I think the love that I've learned is the the true love, like the heartbeat, the um, underlying existence of the world is really in the little, the small moments, mm. the little buzzy moments that most of us don't think of as love or we haven't been raised to think of as love, but it's um, you know, saying hello to somebody on the street, a stranger, just having a moment of an exchange that was unexpected, even with the, you know, clerk at the grocery store. Or, uh, I think of a moment once when I was driving by a playground and school was in session and kids were out in the, f- out in the playground with their ball and and the ball went over the fence and there was an elderly gentleman walking by on the street who happened to be there at that moment and picked up the ball and all the kids were up against the fence waiting like yeah 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 throw it back mister throw it back mister and he was all of a sudden like out of his walking picked up the ball and threw it over the fence and the fact that I drove by at that moment and saw that like that's that's love that's a buzzy love that's a buzzy love yes yes and when you, I keep asking this question more and more because I'm so fascinated by it. Like when you were growing up or again, at a younger time in your life, what, what did you think love was before you really have lived into and discovered it from knowing you like the deepest, purest forms of love, the truest forms of love, and you share so much love in your art, in your photography, in your posts, in your writing. We'll talk about that later. But like, so you have this deep understanding, right? And deep, deep perspectives about what love, like capital L, right? Love is, yeah, when you were growing up, what were you told love was? What did you think love was then? Well, I think like most of us, it's it's always the definition was romantic love lifelong love partnership um your one true love i think that's in our culture something that's um put put into us so that we see examples of or how we see love defined and i liken that to a little bit of an aversion to that growing up i mean romance i was never into very cheesy poetry or hearts even (laughs) you know hearts over the eyes (laughs) Yes, when people yes. write like those kind of cheesy love um, yeah. and feeling like there was a message that, that there's 
you may try find one true love in your life, a romantic love. And if you do, you're lucky. Mm. Hold on to it. Um, and so, and I did, I had an early love early on and it was, he was overly romantic with me and I, I never was really into the <laughs> mm. extra romance, but I, I think I, yeah, I came to realize that it's so much more than that, uh, mm. especially not having had that romantic partnership marriage in my, in my adulthood. I, I, it helps me realize in a, in a bigger, deeper way that there is so much other kind of love. And I thought, I, I realized that we all, we couldn't survive on only that kind of love actually. Oh, true. There's so many other kinds of love that we need yes. that we have yeah that we give there's so many other kinds of love but they all are the same thing yes. they all come back to love which sometimes can feel when i go back to that young version of it what i thought it was that word just seems like not encompassing enough it seems like a poor word for it because of the connotations of the hearts over the eyes <laughs> dotting over the eyes but it is i've really come to love the word love because it is the one word that we have to describe that which cannot be described yes 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 it kind of reminds me I just had this image of you with all of us but you with like an art set right of like all different colors like let's say colored pencils and we grow up with like we just get the red right I'm like this Mm. is the one way to have love and the whole time our systems if we're awake to it are like but wait, there's only this red color. Like this is so limiting. This is so yes. this is so small. Yes. This is so conditional. Like, and then to as you've described it, even already started to show us this world. Of course, we talk about this for the next com- the whole conversation. But it's like to then embrace and receive every other color it just reminds me you know those sets if you go into an art store and you're like they're very expensive and they have like 126 different colors and you're like whoa <laughs> like yeah. th- as I watch you in this world and as you experience love in this world I'm like oh you've got the whole set right like and, and you're still <laughs> discovering we always are and I just think that difference and I think it's why these conversations are so important is like again if we're only given the red that's one beautiful color especially almost and if only it is part of a fuller set and mm-hmm. so the way you live it's like even the way you just described that moment with that man and throwing the ball and you, this ripple of that moment I'm like ooh, that's like a yellow right like you guys that was a different <laughs> right. color like that's and that's it that's love so I, I, I love how I'm grateful for emojis in our world yeah. now yeah because I really appreciate how different people will have different they use different colored hearts and sometimes I I use different ones depending on my mood or depending on the context, but then other people, but they have their signature color emoji heart that they use all the time. And I, and that reminds me of the crayons. That's such a great, yeah. Metaphor for crayons. It's so true. I actually have some of those heart emoticons next to your name in my phone. And sometimes I have to change it, right? Because it's like, ooh, that we we know we're going to light blue today. We're going to green. We're going to so yeah. yes. Yes. So okay, I am wondering, I have been talking with so many people recently who are on the brink of 
like making a move. And this means physically making a move for some of them and other people, it's nothing is physically changing, but they're energetically, right? Or they're cha- they're opening something or they're learning something or they're unlearning something, right? A huge part of our work as humans. And so I wanted to talk with you about a physical move that you made, which was years ago now, right? When you moved from Seattle to New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I was just curious if you could share a little bit about what sparked that move. And again, my, my whole thing, because the podcast is like, did, did love guide you, right? Was there fear? Was there trepidation? Like, I'm just curious about that, that moment of that big change, right? Like, and mm-hmm. yeah, where it came from and how it felt and what kind of guided you forward. Sure. Yeah, it's, um, I'd say that it's like anything, there's a spark, there's always sparks going on inside of us, mm-hmm. uh, kind of sparkling all the time. And, and one might come to the surface either because you've listened to it and followed it and need to make a decision on it. And then sometimes decisions are made for you. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate the times in my life when I look back of, of when decisions have been made for me mm-hmm. uh, because it opens up a whole other set of paths and sparks that you might not have pursued because you were on this different path. So uh, the first time I had that, I was laid off from a dot-com job like most of us were in the company. And I'd never had that before. I always knew exactly my job path. I knew where I was going. I thought, oh my God, I've lost my job. What do I do? And it felt, I saw it like a cliff. I go, I feel like somebody put Ooh. me on a cliff that I have to jump off of. Oh, and man. I don't know where I'm going to land. And, um, but then this whole other set of circumstances happened when I looked back that wouldn't have happened if somebody hadn't put me and pushed me off that cliff. And I think with moving, doing this move to New Orleans, it was instigated by losing an apartment that I'd had for nine years that was very comfortable <laughs> in Seattle, that was uh, small, um, really inexpensive. Uh, it actually kept me from buying a place, I think, because I thought, why mm-hmm. would I pay a mortgage when I can just have this tiny place and go travel? Um, and that started the, the different gates that opened to get me to the move so it wasn't a big like I want to move to New Orleans when I look back on my life I see that it was always there Hmm. um in different ways uh, that I'd thought about it like the first time I'd been here in the early aughts it occurred to me that oh I wonder if I could live here and Hmm. it it didn't mean that in then I went someday I'm going to live in New Orleans yeah but so after I lost the apartment just things opened up to me and one of the thoughts I had um, because of a decision actually I had made a couple years prior to losing my apartment which was I made the decision to leave my full-time job Mm -hmm. and start freelancing Mm -hmm. so that I had more flexibility and I could work remotely and so that opened up I opened that up myself then losing my apartment opened up another door Mm -hmm. that made me realize oh, I could live different places where I want, uh, where I could try other places and I don't have to be committed to it. Mm. And um, yeah, it occurred to me like, hey, I want to try New Orleans. 
<laughs> so, so yeah, I just, and even, even that following those steps, it's like anything, the way your life turns out. And I keep saying this about looking back. I always, I often think of it like the, like a book. If you read a book or watch a movie, the plot all makes sense. You know, this happened, which occurred this next thing to happen. And when you're in that, in that moment in your life, this mystery of what, how it's all going to unfold, you don't know how it's going to turn out. But then Mm -hmm. a year later, you can tell people the story. Like I can say, yeah, so I lost my apartment. <laughs> and then I had this consideration that New Orleans was um, a possibility. And then, I mean, the, the truth is that I, I lived in Seattle that summer on the beach before I even moved to New Orleans because it was still not a reality. I didn't have a place to live. So I had this other idea where I went, oh, I want to live on the beach, mm. which was another beautiful lesson because it was a, I loved my time living on the beach in Seattle. And it was limited. Mm-hmm. I knew it was ending. <laughs> I knew it would end at a certain time. And it made me really appreciate, think of every day differently. Because I knew every day was a, a day that was closer to me not being there. So, yes. so that happened. And then I moved in with a dear friend. Because after the apartment on, in, on the beach, I was subletting it. Then the owners, the uh, people came back. And I, ha- I needed a place because I'd gotten rid of most of my stuff too um, when I had to leave my apartment. And a friend said I could live in her extra bedroom and I did. And then I thought, oh yeah, what about that New Orleans thing that I was going to do? <laughs> yeah. And I, I booked a ticket. I booked a, a weekend and stayed in a hotel and just asked people if they knew anybody in New Orleans because I knew what I wanted was this furnished apartment just to try it out for a while and this was mm-hmm. I think really before I guess Airbnb, Airbnbs were in but we don't like to use those in New Orleans anyway but <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah I found a place and um that's that's really what what did it like and I wouldn't have known that when I look back uh yeah. I, I couldn't have planned and said and then I'll meet this person right. who will give me the apartment like I had to I had to take the flight I had to take the chance I had yes. to meet people. I had to put one foot in front of the other. And yeah, I mean, that's a little bit of how I got here. I yes. can talk more if you want to talk about why. And, um, but well, I want to ask two things. And then uh, f- first, this is a complete kind of side note, but that trip, when you moved, this is a funny thing. It's not like, it's more of a logistical thing. There was an app. What was the app yep. where Glim- you you Glim- shared with me and I could see where you were and be like, oh, she's here tonight. Oh, she's here. Yeah. Like, what was it called? Glimpse. Glimpse. That was so yeah. cool because I get to watch your journey. Like, it's like watching a flight so, map on a plane. Like, I was like, oh, there she is yeah. tonight. So, no, but, we have that on our phones, but <laughs> built in. What did you say? We all have that with our mapping now. We can yeah. Share with yeah. It's just like the glimpse was so cool. But I think my question, and I also, I love the reflections of the the moments where you lost something, right? Like you said so beautifully, like those moments where something's taken away, like an it seems like an external force or person or energy or whatever, like is, is stopping something, you're losing something. And that moves you forward. I love just, again, those, that part of it. But then the other part of it, that moment where 
you made the choice, right, to go freelance. And that kind of back and forth, almost like that badminton game, right, of like, okay, I'll make this move, okay, life, you make this move, okay, you know, like, to both of those. And I feel like, do you remember during that time, like, do you remember, did you have a part of your, your mind that was like telling you not to go? I'm always curious about that Mm -hmm. when, I mean, clear. And now we look and we're like, I, at this moment, I can't imagine you anywhere else, even though for your work, you're traveling like all over the world, but like your home base is so deeply meant to be where it is right now. Right. But did you, Mm -hmm. yeah. Were there parts of your mind trying to talk you out of it during the time or trying to make you scared about it? Yeah, I think after I got here Mm. more than any other time because I I, yeah there was that weekend of that I took the flight here uh to find the place to live to find the place to land basically Mm -hmm. and then I went back to Seattle and spent the next month working a little bit I had a trade show to go to and then I realized I needed to drive my car because I was going to bring my car to New Orleans (laughs) so then Mm -hmm. I made the drive with only my car because I really only brought my comfort, you know, my comforter, my bed sheets. <laughs> I didn't bring any dishes. I didn't bring any furniture because I had a furnished place to come. So I made the drive, and I think that was fun for me because, but that's inherent to why I love traveling so much. Mm-hmm. I love to go and experience new places. Uh, and change perspectives really is what the travel is about for me. It's just seeing things from a different perspective. Mm. But when I got here, so it, it felt like I was going on a trip, like, mm. yay, I, an extended trip. Like I get to be not just there for a week and see some place and go, oh, I want to try that place, but I don't have time. I realized I'm going to be there and I'm going to have time. <laughs> and I get to, <laughs> I'll write that down and I'll go back there sometime. Like I, I wanted the longer, the longer length of time to explore with. I think a, a lot of people are doing now is digital nomads. They, they're living yes. places for a while and that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but it was after I got here that then I was living here and I realized I don't know anybody here. Like I left my entire community behind. I don't have family here. I didn't have friends, long-term friends here. Mm -hmm. I came by myself, Mm -hmm. which was such a blessing. It was so much fun for me in that way. Mm -hmm. Cause there's that anonymity of traveling, especially as solo travel Mm -hmm. where you're just, you're not bringing any of the, any kind of past connection relationship or ego things with you because nobody yeah. knows who you are yeah. and they don't know what you do. <laughs> uh-huh. And you didn't, like I always said that I, I loved, I'd go out and I'm like, I'm not running into anybody that I used to date or that I used to work with <laughs> or that knows me in any context. And I get to be just invisible and, and just observe and just move around in these spaces and watch and, and your senses are much more open. you no, you notice more things when mm. you're new to a place than when yes. you've been there. Mm-hmm. that maybe even people who live there didn't notice like all of a sudden I'm I'd be toasting somebody at a bar and they'd we'd tap our glasses together but then they'd tap their glass on the bar before they took a sip mm-hmm. and they probably never even I remember there's one person I said why do you do that and they said do what <laughs> and, then I, <laughs> and then I said that <laughs> then they, but you're noticing that because it's not just the standard um anyway so 
there was that feeling when I got here that I got to have that anonymity. But then there were moments when I went, wait, what did I do? Mm-hmm. And especially when I was journaling, like, why did I do this? Why did I leave all of my friends and community? And, you know, what happens in an emergency? Because then you start talking about hurricanes and people are talking about evacuation plans. And, you know, what's your plan? Where do you go? And I'm like, I don't have anybody to go to. <laughs> I don't want to have, like, I, I could fly out. Uh, but, yeah, and I'd say, like, six months after I got here, mm. I started to really have that feeling. People came to visit, but then I would go places. And, and I treated, I would work during the day at home and then... Basically, I didn't have a, a TV or a couch, so I'd end my work day and then open the front door. And New Orleans was my evening entertainment, and mm. um, I I really enjoyed that anonymity. But then, like six months in, I started wondering what it would be like, and and looking at the people. Like, if I went to and bars are very communal around here. Bars are a place where. Not, just to get drunk but <laughs> to mm-hmm. there's, there's food and it's communal uh, living and talking people talk to each other so it's a great place to go and I would always sit at the bar but then I'd see there were picnic tables with people outside talking to each other in groups mm-hmm. that knew each other and I thought when do I graduate from the bar mm-hmm. to having that that <gasps> community to talk to mm-hmm. and um and I wanted it and I started getting sad about that but then I realized once that tips, once mm-hmm. once I am known in this place and I do have a community, I can never go back to this. Yeah. You can't get that anonymity back again. So I'm just going to embrace it and enjoy it and just trust mm-hmm. it, uh, it will tip at a certain point. Yes. And how many years ago did you move there? I'm trying to remember. It was in 2016. So 2016. seven years ago. Although the... the Pandem- that's so weird to me because the pandemic like sucked up two years that yeah it's like a different location <laughs> yeah a different, yeah. Like, really different book five years yeah yeah well yeah. and when almost pandemic aside which I don't know if it's fair to say that but when for you did it tip from the bar to the picnic table and again you live in this is different right than a very small town where I feel like once it tips then you can never I was just reading something about someone who grew up on this very small island. And so every time she goes back, right, there's like every time, she, everywhere she goes, it's a very small community. You live in this really expansive community, right? Mm-hmm. And yet, so yeah, when for you, and this is, yeah, I, I've just so many people, I don't know if it's in the stars or our world or different seasons are like wanting to move, but worried about what what sounds like kind of starting from scratch and yet what you just mm-hmm. highlighted is one of the greatest gifts of a new place mm-hmm. of a new chapter of a new the freedom right and yeah when when did it yeah what and this is different for everyone but timing wise when did it start to tip where there were also I know you still love a good bar moment right and freedom of yeah. that experience like okay. but yeah, when, how long did it take to tip to then start to have more picnic table gathering moments? <laughs> right. Well, and I want to say too, like one of the other joys of it that was good for my ego was having been in Seattle for so long, I became sort of a know-it-all about Seattle and I found myself not liking that. Like if somebody pronounced something incorrectly, I'd be like, oh, they're not from here. 
<laughs> they said that wrong. They said they said Pike's Place Market instead of Pike Place Market. <laughs> or and I realized, you know, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to yeah, come here yeah. and say things oh, wrong and have the wrong oh. area code when I when I still have the wrong area code when I give my phone number. I'm like, I live here, but I have my Seattle area code. But it's um, like that was good for me. That was good for yeah. me not to be the know it all to kind of make mistakes and, and be vulnerable in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say that the tipping point, it, it, you know, I would meet people that's a beautiful thing about here no matter who it is it's just the culture and as anywhere I I think about this with traveling like the culture lives where it is Mm. and the people who come to it um assimilate to the culture Mm. no matter I think about this in Paris a lot like the cafes in Paris how if you've been the chairs are all facing outwards to watch the street like yeah. people are sitting with their left hand, left side of their body and their right side of the body. If you're sitting at a table mm. facing the street and having conversations, sitting next to each other instead of across from each other. Mm. And everybody sets up the cafes that way. And in Paris, it's, they stay that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you mm-hmm. tried to do that somewhere, like in a city, if you, if you set up your cafe that way, like immediately everybody would turn their tables in <laughs> face each other. I think so. So yeah, mm. a culture of where it is, people assimilate to, the culture. So the culture of New Orleans is very um, com- people-oriented, human-oriented. Mm-hmm. Like when the bars are spaces for us to be with each other and talk mm-hmm. to each other, and um, and so you get a lot of conversations. You'll end up talking to people. So I would. I, I'd make friends, and but those one-off friends don't it, it, don't often. It might. It wasn't always at a bar. <laughs> Let me say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. But you can like meet an individual and maybe go do something and they'll invite you to your friends. But it really like takes consistency. Mm-hmm. And I, I did learn that like relationships take seeing each other over time, multiple times. And so it was those activities that I got involved in, like a dance class that I went to consistently or the yoga studio that I joined. Mm-hmm. Um, those kind of places I would meet somebody because I would see them consistently over time and and so those or my neighbor that was an easy one too um because I met my neighbor out at a um just randomly (laughs) at an event where they were it was a uh, they were making stone soup it was these Mm -hmm. um indigenous Mayan uh tribe from uh Mexico that had come to a place to make a um to do a short film about this stone soup that they make in the mountains, like in mm-hmm. the rocks beside the river. Long, mm-hmm. other, that's another story. But anyway, I ended mm-hmm. up sitting, I went by myself and there was a spot when it came time to eat dinners next to this woman and it was empty. And I said, is anybody sitting there? She said, no, well, you are, you can sit here. And we ended up talking and it turned out that we lived across the street from each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we didn't know that. Like we, we, she started saying, Oh, you know, where do you live? And I said, what mid city and um, near the cemetery. And then we kept getting closer and closer and like on this block, I live on that block. <laughs> oh my God, we live across the street from each other. So like that, you need some sort of hook usually to it. Um, so that started our relationship too. So we would do more things together. But I think mm-hmm. once that, and I still work from home, I don't work mm-hmm. consistently in an office in the city mm-hmm. in New Orleans. So 
I also don't have that like coworker type relationship that can happen. So it's been these other extracurricular things that has given me this um, more communal experience. And now it's actually a small town. There's so many people that come visit here. That's a lot of the population is people, tourists um, or at conventions. But now I do consistently see people that I know and especially at the cultural activities, the street culture, the second line parades and such. There's, you get to know those people that are always out there. Yes. What is it? You have a quote that you've said so often about outside your door, like what life happens outside your door. What's that thing you always yeah. say? What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have it down to a quote, but it's a, yeah, that's a, it's the spirit of, it, I, I love my home and, and I love being in it and, it's a creative and good place to be a cocoon of sorts. Um, and I could stay there for days, but then I think you know, sometimes I'm missing something. I've, I've been working and I've been at home and I'm like, I'm fine, but what am I missing? And then I just go out the front door <laughs> yeah. and that's where the magic happens because that's where that's and in new Orleans and, and a lot of other places, I'm sure that new Orleans in particularly it is, it's that interaction. It's that random, uh, unexpected human crossing paths with someone else is where those moments, those little sparks and buzzes of joy and love happen. Yes. And so you just got to leave the front door. That's, I guess that's what I say is that's where the magic happens. Yeah. There's so many times that we've connected and you've said that, and I will have been in like a full cocoon, like full cocoon. And which again, I, I live up in Maine. It's a colder climate. You know what I mean? And then I'm like, a guy outside the door, that's where the magic happens. Yeah. You know, like, it's just yeah. like, it's that's yeah. I want to ask one more thing, but it's, um, and then I want to go in. It's not a different direction, but it's connected to travel and your work and, but answer this if you feel called and if it, you can also leave it for later. But if you can look back now to over the last six years of you, you being guided, right, to this place that is your home now, right? It is your community now. You have a global community, but your in-person community, like it's there. Like what your, you six years ago wished for to me as I watch it has come to fruition in so many ways, right? Like, mm-hmm. and if you could, this is going to be tough because I'm just going to say, if you could pick three words or three feelings that describe why you feel like your soul was called to New Orleans, right? Like why this chapter you were meant to be rooted and connecting there. Like what are just the th- three words of why your soul chose New Orleans? And I'm going to forego love just because I feel yeah. like that's the overarching one. <laughs> it's a gift. That's the obvious okay, one. That's at the header of the paper finger. already. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's already the there. Okay. It's already there. That's the floor. <laughs> All right. Good. Um, uh, humanity. Mm-hmm. Uh, culture. Mm-hmm. And uh, creativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Humanity, culture, creativity, all based on love. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I want to go two different places I, for this first part. 
let me just feel into this because I want to go two different places. Let's go both places. I want to ask like a more abridged one, and then I want to do a little deep dive into into something else in this first in this first part of our conversation. And you've mentioned travel so much. Um, will you tell people? just what one of your jobs is if that if again if that feels comfortable so they also understand why you tra- you travel for you and you travel for work right like mm-hmm. um but actually yeah. I'm gonna flip this I wanted to ask you about being yourself in work and authentically being yourself in work that was what I wanted to ask you but at this moment I'm actually I, I would actually love for you to talk about travel and the the gift of travel the why of travel um Mm -hmm. yeah will you tell me just more about that sure yeah it's well perspective like Mm -hmm. I I mentioned already it's just it's it's a very it's not a shortcut because travel itself really sucks (laughs) like the process of travel (laughs) actually Uh, people say that like what's your what would be your superpower if you could have one and it used to be I just realized this recently on a trip like I I used to say teleportation so mm-hmm. that you can just like skip the part of the travel. Um, but that's part of the magic of it too, is that you need to go through those gates in order to the reward <laughs> is, the, yeah. is the trip. It makes it this all the more sweeter um, to take the trip. Cause if we could just teleport, it would, it would be boring, but, mm-hmm. um, and, and probably we wouldn't be preserving culture as much as we are. True. Cause that's the, that's the, um, hurdle that you have to get through um wait and can I say to you that or maybe we can go back I did figure out what my superpower. Uh, yeah I was I just gonna be like, okay so wait, what is your superpower <laughs> if I could choose a superpower yeah. my, I would really like um the ability to pop myself into someone else's being mm. um to mm. literally be able I mean I, I guess we say put yourself in someone else's shoes but mm-hmm like in a moment to be able to put myself into them and just feel almost matrix style, like what they're feeling in their body, what their present mind is, how they're seeing it from their perspective. I think that would be such a gift, especially times when we're bumping up against each other. Um, yeah. And it's both physical and mental and emotional. I so feel that for you. And again, there's a p- place, a way that we can never do that. Right. Which is why it's superpower. Like, and knowing you, it, you have the closest superpower to that superpower, right? Like you actually do, right? Like you have, you have Mm -hmm. that ability, um, to be, to put yourself in other people's shoes. So isn't that interesting? You're like, okay, would I want the full experience? (laughs) And I'm like, but you got like that. You're 80% there. Like, so yeah. So interesting. I think it was pain when people are in their bodies when, yeah. I, you know, people say, oh, my knee hurts. And you're like, oh, sorry. Like, you really don't know what that, like, how much it hurts because you can't yes. see it. They're limping yes. a little bit, but yes. you don't actually know, like, how does that feel for you? How is each step feeling? I, yes. I think we, it would allow us to uh, have a little more empathy. Yes, yes, uh, yes, you're right. You're right. Um, and so, yeah. yeah, in with the travel perspective, what part of your job is connected to travel? If you want to share that, okay, because yeah. you have a very unique. Because again, yeah. you're connected to adventure travel the, through through mm-hmm. your work. Um, mm-hmm. If you want to share just a little bit about that, and then 
again, anything you want to share about, I'm getting like the, I'm saying the gift of travel, um, but again, what travel maybe has done for you, right. Has gifted you because that moment, especially of the hurdle. And again, we know that there's, there's a lot of ways to look at this conversation, including privilege and resources and availability and all of these things that you are so conscious of. And, and it's so interesting that I, to get over that hurdle of like, for me, like saving up the money, right? Investing in it, taking off the time where there's a part of my mind that like talks me out of it. And yet Mm -hmm. when I do, when I am reminded of the whys, which is why I want you to share more about it. And I do commit to it like anything else, right? These unbelievable, I'm like, oh, right. This is one of the reasons we're alive, right? This is one of the reasons Mm -hmm. we're on this world, like in this world. So Mm -hmm. yeah, like what do you yeah. do and what, why travel? Sure. Um, well, I, I want to say thank you for acknowledging the privilege because there is a privilege in, in what we think of as travel. Um, but I also want to say like travel is also a mindset. Yeah. Um, it's not necessarily like it, it is what I said earlier, what you brought it, what you squeezed out of me was about um, leaving the front door. Like yes. travel is basically leaving your front door. Travel can happen in your own backyard. Oh, Tammy, I love that. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. Like, and it really is. And when we say adventure travel, my favorite part about adventure travel in the simplest, most purest form is, is being outside of your comfort zone. And mm. it's a macro microcosm of also what I was saying about coming to New Orleans and not knowing how to pronounce things. <laughs> like you, you, go someplace where you don't necessarily belong, where you aren't super comfortable. Mm-hmm. You aren't in the comfort of laying in your bed. Mm-hmm. You're doing something that's pushing you just a little bit. And that could be, I could be going to visit a pumpkin batch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like we all know how we feel. We're like, God, I'm so glad I did it. Like we could have just stayed at home today, uh, yes. some fall day. And then you decide, you know, but let's go to the pumpkin patch. And you just feel better that you did when you come yes. back because you just, there were these different um, things that came into your senses that you experienced that wouldn't, that your senses wouldn't have received if you just stayed behind your front door. So yes. that is the, the mindset of travel and and when I get into culture, like I love culture so much because, and that's the humanity tie is, it's so interesting to me the way we do need to be together. And when we talk about culture, culture is the way practices that humans have and traditions and rituals that humans have through just living and celebrating and how they eat and what kind of food and why that kind of food and how that ingredient got there and and, um you know what kind of funny like I I was just in New York and um I randomly uh happened upon I was in the cab on the way home from the airport and I saw an Italian festival like a Ferris wheel drove by Williamsburg on the bridge and saw uh this festival and it said the Mount Carmel festival and I was like what's that? I went and looked online and saw that, oh, it's going to be open on Sunday and they're doing the Jiglio lift. 
<laughs> like what is the jiggly lip? I have no idea. So so I went, like what is it? Am I, yeah. And how do I pronounce it? And <laughs> right. and yeah, I'm a travel, so here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I went and there's this like seven story tower that um this church, Catholic church created and um after mass they and it had different saints on it and after mass they there's a, a room for stage at the bottom of it and there for a brass band brass band got on anyway long story short a hundred men lift this seven-story tower <laughs> struggling oh sweating a hundred of them and as soon as they lifted it i realized oh this is scary like before like oh they're gonna lift it but then you realize it's like holding a christmas tree up <gasps> like hopefully it won't topple um and then they walk it down the street and they're turning oh it um do you think they anyway. train for that yeah probably Probably. Mm-hmm. I imagine that they were doing some dead weight lifting or something. But <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um, like what the hell, right? Like, yes, yeah. This is the kind yes. of these rituals that people mm-hmm. do. We choose to do that. Like people got, like you said, they got ready for it. They, they, somebody bought t-shirts that they all needed to wear matching t-shirts that the, mm-hmm. the communally we do these practices as a, as a, I guess reminder of that we are in community, that we have each other, that we're alive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all things that are happening out the front door. It's like the we're outside thing. People always say like, <laughs> we're yeah. outside. We got outside. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. They like that. That's traveled to me. Anytime you are doing something a little bit outside your comfort zone, like even watching that, I, that was outside my comfort zone. Cause I'm like, was it going to fall on me? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then I sat next to a woman who uh came by herself from Harlem or the Bronx. Sorry, she came from the Bronx and uh, she took a bus there and I ended up kind of just chatting with her and she was elderly and um told me we ended up talking she had lost her husband to COVID during COVID and um uh she's from Haiti originally and we just she came out the same way I did, like, oh, I saw this thing. Was, I came to Mass last week, and this Catholic church, she said, and she saw this was going to happen. She didn't know what the hell it was, so she came <laughs> and watched it. But, yeah, I'm saying that always when I do that, like, I come home, I have a different kind of perspective. There's been a, a mirror or a reflection even that's kind of showed me, like, I'm alive. I'm here. Yeah. This is what life is. This is why we're here. Yes. why we're here and that actually goes back to love <laughs> yes and that goes back to love yes 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 oh oh you wove that so beautifully and shared that and it it's so interesting it's just like these reminders just these remind like how many times do we need to be reminded <laughs> again to get outside our door right to be open yeah. I, I love the mindset piece because that's and what's interesting when people like when you came to visit Lauren and I in Maine I put on that lens right of mm-hmm. a visitor when people come to visit you right you put on that and in, in part two we're going to talk about if people are visiting New Orleans like where like where you take them, what cannot be missed because it is like so deeply meaningful and rich, right? To be able Mm -hmm. to have these experiences, to be able to have these experiences and to do it on a day-to-day basis. Like I I don't think I'll ever do it every single day, but just that I had not been thinking about travel as a mindset. I just hadn't. And that Mm -hmm. to be like, okay, in my own town, in my own place, in my own state. And then also when there's the availability 
to explore more of this world. Cause I, mm-hmm. again, I yeah. think you've been so immersed in it. And then I don't know. It's like this part of my ego, right? That's like, well, that gets used to, like you said, staying in the comfort zone. And it's like, wait, it's just that reminder. And so often when I see your posts or your shares, or your see your adventures or you share the culture in such respectful teaching ways of the different places you visit and the different people you meet. It's like, I feel like we can't have enough reminders of why, because again, of these human brains that are like, let's just go back to bed, right? It's like, again, I do that. Yeah. And we always will go back to bed, but I'm like, wait, these reminders for what is available in this world. And again, I think love, sometimes we choose it, sometimes love guides us, right? And usually it's a combination, mm-hmm. but I love these shares so far. I'm grateful for them. I already have some sparks and some buzz, and I'm guessing people listening Mm -hmm. will too. Okay, we're going to close out part one. And in part two, the the thing I want to enter into, and then we're going to, we're going into death. We're going into beauty. We're going into purpose. We're going into a lot in part two, but thank you for part one. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, everyone. So we will see you on part two. We're going to dive right in and continue this conversation on love and travel and richness and culture and connection and getting out of our, getting outside, you know, leaving our own front doors. Okay. We'll see you on part two. Much love to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Love Says Podcast. And speaking of thanks, I want to give thanks to the Love Says Podcast team for their creativity, their care, and their creation of this project. I also want to thank the Patreon patrons for their monthly support that financially allow this project to continue and to grow. And if you would like to support the podcast, there are three great ways to do so. The first is you can rate and leave an authentic, love-filled review wherever you're listening to this podcast. The second is you can send a one-time gift donation to the podcast on Venmo at The Love Says Podcast. And the third option is you can become a Patreon patron over at patreon.com forward slash The Love Says Podcast. And you can sign up on Patreon starting at $5 a month to become a donor to this project. And in exchange, you will receive fun resources, audios, calendars, fun things to go with the episodes. And you also will receive discounted and special pricing for most of my virtual and in-person experiences and offerings. So thank you for being here. And most importantly of all, thank you for bringing your energy of love into this world. I'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye.